0: Well, good morning, eleven fifteen. How are you guys doing this morning? Woo! Awesome! Some people excited up front. Glad to have you guys here. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're in a series called "Change for Good." Anybody want to change for good? Anybody? Anybody looking forward to changing? It? Those of y'all that aren't raising your hands, I, I guess you want to change for bad. I don't know. I don't. Like, I don't really know what the opposite of that is. So, uh, man, we're glad you're here this morning. Um, we've been in this series over the last couple of weeks and we're talking about how do we change? What does that look like for our lives? How do we have the best 2015 that we've ever had? And, and so we started off, and we talked about how in the beginning of the year, a lot of us, if you're like me, you come up with all these ideas of what this year is going to look like. This year is going to be different than last year. This year is going to be different than the last five years or the last ten years. And so we come up with lists and ideas. Maybe we want to get our finances so that, that we're having more money than we are month instead of more month than we are money. Anybody anybody ever felt that way? Where it just seems like, man, month after month, it's like, where where's all the money? Instead, we'd rather have to be like, where's more month because I got money to spend. And so we want to see that. A change in our life, or or maybe it's our, our health, and we're saying, you know, this year is the year I'm going to eat healthy, and I'm going I'm to go to the gym three days a week, or five days a week, I'm going to make some significant changes, and, or maybe it's possibly that you're going to go further in your career, this is going to be the year that you're going to take that step that you've been waiting to take, and so for a lot of us, what we do is we have these dreams, and we have these goals, and we have these aspirations, of what is going to be different this year. And if you're like me, I typically go and look for somebody that's further ahead than where I currently am. Like, that's the person I want to be like. That's the life that I want to have. That's the physique that I want, want to, my physique to look like. And so I look at their life and I go, wow, if I'm going to have what they have, if that's going to be me, they are going to have to be some significant changes that I'm going to make to my life in order to achieve that. And so we start assessing what those things are. Maybe it's eating our, our eating habits change, you know, our, our, uh you know, we're not going to eat as many biscuits, which I don't know if that's really from Jesus or not, but we say that and, and we say we're going to start working out and we're going to start drinking more water and we're not going to add like no more soda to it. We start adding up all these things and before long we're going, man, that is so many different things that I have to do. I'm just never going to achieve that. And we just give up on our dreams before we ever even start to accomplish them. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this single principle. And I think it, and i put it in your notes again, and I think it applies a lot to all of us. And it's this. It's often the small things that no one sees that leads, that results in the big things that everyone wants. A lot of times we feel like we have to make all of these massive changes in our lives in order to get the results that we want. But the reality is, is that the people that are successful, that are where we want to be, they didn't make massive changes. They made some small incremental changes that they compounded over time. And over time, because of some little tweaks to their life, they've had massive results. I put it like this, small tweaks in our life will take us to giant peaks. And that's what we're all after. We're all about getting to that giant place, getting to that place where, where we're the epitome of what we define as success for that area of our lives. And a lot of times we feel like it's overwhelming where it's too much. But the reality is, is it's just some small differences. If we were to make some small changes in our life, it would radically transform everything about us. And we started this series off in the first week talking about if this year is going to be different, we have to be intentional. We have to be focused on making some changes. And if we're going to focus on making changes, we need to know how we're getting to the current results we're getting right now. Like what is the pattern of our life that is is getting us to this place where we're getting the results that we're getting? Because if we don't understand the pattern that's going on, how are we going to ever change it? You know, there's an old saying that says doing the same things over and over again and getting the same results is called insanity. And a lot of us have been living these insane lives. We're just doing the same things over and over again, and we're expecting something to be different. And so there is a pattern that we're all living out. And if we'll start changing some aspects of the pattern, it will radically transform your life. And we talked about it. The pattern goes like this. We all have thoughts. And the thoughts that we have are determining the words that we're saying. And the words that we're saying are creating actions in our life. And the actions that we're doing on a daily basis are creating habits in our life. And the habits of our life are going to determine our destiny. That is the pattern that every single one of us has. It doesn't matter whether you're 65 or you're 16. That is a pattern that is in your life. Now what you do in each individual one of those areas of that pattern will determine where you end up in life. And so last week we talked about our thought life and how important it is to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And if we'll we'll start recognizing the thoughts that are coming into our mind and we'll stop dwelling on ones that are taking us from the place where we wanna be, it will absolutely transform everything. And so today what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about something that I think if added to the thought life will transform our life. And those are the words that we speak. Because the words that we speak have some immense power in your life, in my life. And they have way more power than many of us believe they do. In fact, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 18.21 that the tongue has the power of life and death in it. The tongue has the power of life and death. It means that the tongue has the power to create life for us or it has the power to create death for us. And we forget the power of the tongue because in the very beginning, what did God do to create the earth? He spoke it into existence. Man, if God's way of creating this world was speaking it, what are we speaking in our world that we're creating? What are the words that we're saying? How are they impacting every single aspect of our, our life? And so we, we learned a principle last week, and we're going to add to it this week, and that principle goes like this. If you think it, you will be it. We learned that last week. If you think it, you'll be it. As a man thinks, so he is. That's what Proverbs tells us. The way we're thinking is who we're becoming. So if we can change our thinking, thinking, if we can take every thought and make it captive to Christ, make it obedient to Christ, man, it's going to change the way we react in life. So the way we think will make us who we are, but if you say things, you'll see it. So it goes like this. If you think it, you'll be it. If you say it, you'll see it. And so the words that you're saying are creating your future right now. The things that you're speaking into your life are either creating a positive future or they're creating a negative future. They're either creating life around you or they're creating death around you. And the words that we speak have incredible power because they're creative. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, said in James chapter 3, this is what he says, We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Right there he's saying small tweaks, small things make a huge difference in life. You know, you think that this is just, oh, that's the pastor coming up with some creative wording. No, no, no. This is a biblical principle. Small tweaks will take you to giant things. It will change everything about your life. If you can make some small changes this year, compact it over time, it will change everything around you. At least Susie's getting something today. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Somebody loves Jesus. The rest of y'all, we're, we're working on you. Um He goes on to say, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And if you think about that, that's true. Think about some of the most transforming moments in the history of just our country. You think about Martin Luther King, who we just celebrated MLK Day. What is the thing that transformed our country? He went down to the Capitol, and he he didn't do much beyond a speech. He said, I have a dream. He started speaking his dream into existence. He had a dream that one day colored children and and non-colored children, they would play together. That there would be no segregation. He started speaking what wasn't as though it was. And what does today look like? It looks a heck of a lot different than it did in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, doesn't it? Thank goodness for him. From the same period of time, a a president named JFK, he spoke some things. He transformed a a country. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And launched a revolution in our country. Some of you have been transformed by the power of somebody speaking something positive in your life. Encouraging you in a moment when you were down. Some of you have been transformed by, by a message at church that is actually a small word that meant everything to you. Hopefully, it is by a good looking bald guy, but we'll (laughs) let that slide if it wasn't, okay? But the small things, the small words that we say can have a grand impact. And how do they do that? Because it says a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Meaning that the tiniest things can change everything, can transform anything. And what we're saying is determining. The life that we're living. In fact, I put it in your notes like this. I said this. If you want to change your life, you have to change the words you speak. If you want to change your life this year, you have to start changing the words you speak. My wife says it like this. The declaration of your lips is going to determine the destiny of your life. It's one of her favorite statements to make. She's always she's always saying that to me after I say something stupid. The declaration of your lips is going to determine the destiny of your life, TJ. Like I, I kind of hate it. But the power of life and death is in our tongue. It is. What we say is creating something. In fact, Proverbs talks about this all over the place. In Proverbs 12, 18, it says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It's saying, man, when we just have flippant words that just we just throw out there, a lot of times those words, we're not meaning to be reckless, but what they are is they're cutting people and they're piercing people right to the heart and to the core of who they are. But when we're intentional with our words and we think about our words and we're, we're slow to speak, all of a sudden, the words that we speak, man, they can bring life and they can bring healing to someone. Proverbs 15, 4 says that the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It crushes us. And you can see the contrast all throughout. You could just go read Proverbs and you would see verse after verse after verse about the power of life and death in the tongue. And you see the contrast. We can either speak life into things and create this positive life or we can speak death with our words and take life. And I'm pretty sure that probably all of us have had the benefit of some positive words in life, and then we've all been on the receiving end of someone's reckless words. Um, I, I'm sure that that has happened to you at some point. In fact, I remember when, when Shayla and I first got married, we're getting ready to celebrate 15 years of marriage. I can't even believe that. That's a long time. That somebody would put up with me for fifteen years is a straight up miracle from God. Like, yeah, it's like one person that's like, yeah, that's that's true. I know him. Uh, <laughs> but I remember when we first got married, uh, and Shayla went to the salon for the first time. And 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 guys, guys have no women. Let me just give you some four one one information. Guys have no idea about the salon. Number one, we have no idea that it's an all day affair. Okay. We have no idea that it costs hundreds of dollars. Like, that makes no sense to us. We'll go get our friend to give us a buzz cut if it's cheap enough. Like, we're cheap when it comes to hair. $2.99, Bic Razor, right there. Hundreds of dollars makes no sense to us. And so my wife is kind of this extremist um, that she likes to go from one extreme to the other. And so right now she has extremely long hair. And so I don't know what's going to happen next time she goes to get a haircut. But this is what I know is that the first time she... When we were married, she went to the salon, and like five hours later, she came home. I was like sitting there waiting on her. I was twiddling my thumb. I didn't have anything to do. And she walked in, and and, and I didn't realize this, what was going to happen, because she had pretty long hair at the time. And she walked in, and she had done like kind of the bob. Is that what it's called? A bob? She had done a bob cut. And, and, and I go, oh my gosh, what happened? Wrong answer. Wrong answer. How many of y'all know I was digging myself out of that hole for, like, the next three months? Like, I'm just I'm just shoveling out right now. Reckless work. I didn't, like, guys, let me just give you the 411. When she walks in, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It can be purple. It can be green. It, she could go Sinead O'Connor on you. Like, it doesn't, for all the younger people, they have no idea who Sinead O'Connor is. But, uh. I mean, she shaved her head, and she's Irish now. Um, so, there's like one Irish person that's like, "Yes, you just go. That looks great." Just brag to say, "All the guys, that looks great." Y'all aren't gonna get away with that. I'm gonna to tell you that right now. That was terrible. Uh, like, I know that that isn't very positive, but that was. That was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna help you improve on that. Ready? One, two, three. You, you might get a wife here. You, that was positive. That was positive. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I accept that in Jesus' name. No, no, I'm just kidding. Just flipping words, you know, and, and we don't realize it. They pierce. Like, I, I learned this. You don't ever ask a single person, why are you still single? <laughs> like, you're, you think that you're trying to be like, oh, you're such a great catch. Why are you still single? No, no, no. That just pierces. They're, that makes them think, like, what's wrong with me? Like, seriously, parents of nieces and nephews, don't go ask them why they're still single at the funeral. Because they'll ask you, why aren't you dead yet? You know, that's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's always that aunt or uncle at the funeral that does that to you. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Okay, so uh, we've all been in situations where people pierce us with their words. Because we don't think about the power of the tongue and the power of life and death that's in our words and and on the flip side of that when we're intentional with our words we can man we can really build somebody up by saying man I believe in you you've got a great great future ahead of you god is about to do something awesome in your life and those words can push somebody into the destiny that they need by speaking life to them and so words can be unintentionally damaging and create a lot of harm, or they can be very, very intentional and create a bright future for people. And so I put another test in your outline there. And so there's 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 two things that I want you to do. I want you to take this test personally. I'm gonna explain it to you. And so the first one is is we have life-taking words given to other people, or life-giving words that we give to other people. And so what I mean by that is some of us have a natural bent towards being negative, and so we see the negativity in other people. We see where people's mistakes are, and we have a tendency to point those things out. We have a tendency to see their shortcomings. And so if that's the case, and that's how we speak, and that's the way we communicate, then we're probably more on the life-taking aspect to other people when we communicate with them. On the flip side, if you see the positive in everything and you see the potential and you're constantly encouraging people and you're constantly building other people up and you're looking for every opportunity to spur them on towards love and good deeds like Hebrews tells us, then you're probably on the life-giving aspect of words to other people. And that's really, really important because some of us, we're really, really good at being positive for other people. But the second test is all about the words that we speak to ourselves because the words that we speak to other people are very, very important, but the words that we're speaking to ourselves are just as critical. And a lot of us, we can be positive with other people, but we are beating ourselves up with our own self-talk. We're constantly saying, man, you're just not good enough or nobody's going to love you or nobody's going to accept you. And you're constantly destroying yourself with your own self-talk. On the flip side of that, some of y'all, like, you just think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so you're constantly like, like I'm all that in a bag of chips, better dust your shoulders off around me. You know, like, you just think, and so your, your self-talk, like, you might even need to tone that down. But, it, like, anyways, um, but you have positive self-talk. And so rate rate yourself on there. And I, I know for me, I, I have a tendency to be... I'm extremely positive with other people. I see the best in everybody. The glass is never half full. It's completely full no matter what. doesn't matter if it's half air, half water. Like there's always potential everywhere with people. And that's a common thread throughout my life. But one of the things that I've discovered is that my own self-talk is very negative. Especially when I, I was younger, as I was starting out in ministry and starting out communicating as, as I would go speak and and, and it would be a, a good message, or at least that's what people would tell me. But you know what I would focus on? I would focus on everything that was wrong. I would focus on every single thing, the mistake I made in telling that story. And I would beat myself up for weeks. And I would think that, man, I'm never going to get invited to speak again because I had one of those, those key words that we all have, like like or uh, that w- would throw in there. And I would focus on all the things that were wrong instead of what was right. And without realizing, I I, I was discovering that I was hurting myself more than anybody else was hurting me because of the way that I was talking to myself. And what happens for a lot of us is we're believing God for great things for other people, but we don't believe God can do that for us because of what we believe and what we're saying about us. Like you're believing this year that God is going to give you the strength to go out and get healthy and lose weight. But in the back of your mind, you keep saying, two weeks from now, I'm going to be eating Twinkies again. Or you say to yourself, you know what, this is going to be the year that I'm going to get my finances under control. And, and man, everything's going to go good. But you know in the back of your mind, you're, you're like, man, I just want to go buy more stuff. And, I, and there's no way I'm ever going to get out of debt because I just keep compounding it over and over again. And it's like we have this negative self-doubt reel that keeps playing over and over and over and over and over again in our mind. And it's, it's taking us from the life that God intends for us to have. And so how do we fix that thing? How do we fix that in our life? And so today we're going to look at some really, really simple principles. Actually, I would like to say it like this. I think we're actually going to look at some of the deepest principles in the Bible. And, and I believe that, that it's important for you to understand that as your pastor, my goal for you is that you would grow in your relationship with God, that you would know God better than you ever have before, that you would go to a deeper level of intimacy and trust in God. And so as soon as I say things like that, people automatically think, man, this pastor is about to go really, really deep with some some profound impacting knowledge. And let me just say this, like the deep things of God are simple things that are hard to live out. People think deep, this is what people think, they think deep, oh man, he's going to come up with some theological mumbo jumbo, and he's going to give me a mind gasm, and it's going to blow my mind, and it's going to be so hard to comprehend, and I'm going to have to connect dots and do all these th- different things. You know what you have to do, what it is when you're having to connect dots at a service? That isn't a deep message, that's a confusing message. And that doesn't help Anybody? You want to know what deep is? Deep is something that is easy to understand but is hard to live out. And what we're about to talk about is, is not something that you have never heard before. It's something that it's really hard for you to practice in life. And the goal would be that this week that you wouldn't mess up in that as much as you have in the past. And all of a sudden you're going deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Because practical is life changing. Theological just causes a whole bunch of arguments. So here's the really deep and profound truth. Number one, if you think something hurtful, swallow it. Whew. It's waiting in there right now, waiting in there. If you think something hurtful, swallow it. Ephesians 4.29 says this, don't say anything that would hurt another person. Now, I did this in-depth study of the word anything this week and I went to the Greek and I looked it up and then I went to the uh, encyclopedia and I looked it up. You know what the word anything means in the Greek? It means anything. <laughs> Learning something here today. It says, don't say anything that would hurt another person. Instead, So he's transitioning. He says, don't say things that are going to hurt other people's feelings. Instead, this is what I want you to do. He says, speak only what is good so that you can give help wherever it is needed. That way, what you say will help those who hear you. Now listen, if you can apply this one principle to your marriage, if you can apply this principle to your family life, if you can apply this to your relationships, if you can apply this at work, one principle. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. I think they taught us that in kindergarten. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Now, some of y'all that are married are like elbowing your spouse right now. Like, that's for you. That's, That's for you. You need to just elbow yourself because we've all said some hurtful, harmful words. If you don't have something helpful to say, swallow it. If you have something hurtful to say, swallow that thing. And here's the principle that I want you to practice over the next week. Just take it for the next week. It's this. is every time something hurtful comes up in your mind that you're about to say, before you say it, I want you to take a deep breath and just swallow. Every time that that hurtful thing, like you, you have some... Snippety comment to say back to your parents, teenager. Just take a moment, swallow. Employee, you have something you want to say under your breath back to your boss. Come on now, church. Let's be honest. It's a little swallow. So, I understand that for some of you, that's that's going to be annoying. Because what's going to happen is is you're going to go home after this and your spouse on the way home, they're going to try to drive for you, sitting in the passenger seat. What are you going to want to say? You're going to want to say something hurtful. So what are you going to do? Okay, one person over here is going to swallow. 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 Let's all try it on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Swallow. Or you could just swallow. <laughs> That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> Sorry there was not enough explanation there but I like I like that y'all were flowing with me that's 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 good teaching right there So instead of saying it we swallow it we keep from saying the hurtful and the harmful and the negative things that's why Proverbs tells us those who control their tongue will have a long life opening your mouth can ruin everything can I get a good amen there from the guys yeah Every married man knows exactly what that's like. Uh, Apparently, a lot of women know what that's like, too. So... um. You ever been getting ready for a great night? Like you've got it all planned out. You get dressed up to the tea. You go out. You, you find that really nice restaurant. Maybe it's on Atlantic and Del Rey. You're, you're eating at Dada's. That right there is from heaven down to earth. Just came and kissed heaven with Dada's. If you never ate there, change your life, okay? Um, and, and you're there on your date and you're talking. And all of a sudden you say that thing, like that, that wrong thing. And the night goes to hell in a handbasket right there. And it ruins everything, doesn't it? One word, one comment. Ruins everything. It's biblical. Proverbs tells us that. So when you think something hurtful, what are we going to do? Simple principle, but a scriptural principle. I know for some of us it's going to be a little bit quiet at the office this week. (laughs) People are going to be like, why isn't Susie talking? And Susie's just going to be over in the corner, just swallowing. I wasn't referring to any particular Susie, okay? <laughs> People are assuming it's, it's a particular person. I could have said Fred, okay? I, I just like Susie. That's my go-to name, okay? Cut me some slack. But it's okay. It's okay that we're quiet this week because you know what that means? That means we're growing. It means we're applying God's Word to our life because if we think something hurtful, we're going to swallow it. Second principle Is this if you think something helpful, say it. If you think something helpful, say it. Proverbs 1624 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. Now, what I want you to notice, what it doesn't say, is it doesn't say good thoughts are healing to the soul. Your good thoughts and helpful thoughts about somebody else doesn't help anybody else. So when you think something good, you think something helpful, don't keep those things to yourself. Say those things. See, we've got these principles mixed mixed up. See, when we think something hurtful, our natural tendency is to say it. And when we think something helpful, what we like to do is we like to keep that inside. We like to keep quiet. We swallow on that one. And what God is trying to do is he's saying, listen, you are going to be different than everybody else. And so that means the way you're going to work, according to my principles, is you're not going to be like everybody else. And so you're going to help people rather than hurt people because the words that you speak have the power of life and death to them. And so when we think something helpful, we need to speak up and say it. I heard a pastor once say, and it was so good, he said, anytime you think something good or helpful about another person, and you don't tell them, you're keeping a blessing from them. See, when you're going and you're speaking those things, you're actually blessing those people because you have no idea what your positive or helpful word right there or your word of encouragement is going to do for their life. That might be the word they need to continue on in their life. And so don't keep that blessing from them. Utilize that moment to make an impact on them. You can make a huge difference by just being gracious and positive and encouraging. And I believe that God is calling us to be encouragers and builders of people. Take every opportunity to build other people up, not to tear them down. We have to do it for other people, but we also have to do it for ourselves. It's so important that we do this for ourselves. So when we see we're doing something good this week and maybe we're being disciplined in an area of our life, take a step back and go, man, way to go. Pat yourself on the back and say, man, you're doing a great job with that area. Keep being disciplined. You've gone and worked out five times this week. Man, celebrate that success. Celebrate the fact that you're doing something. I mean, that's exactly what... David did. He had positive self talk about himself. There's, there's one point in, in 1 Samuel where David is up against all this a- adversity. He's got Saul, who happens to be the current king of Israel, chasing him down, trying to kill him. He's hiding out in caves. His own men are turning against him. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, it says, And David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's sometimes that we got to just encourage ourselves. We're going to have some positive self-talk. And so what that means is that you might be at the gym this week and you're doing some tricep extensions and you look down for the first time and you go, oh my gosh, there's a tricep there. I haven't seen that thing in years. That's awesome. Like celebrate the fact you got a tricep. Don't look at the rest of your body and go like everything else is covered by fat. I suck. No. Celebrate the fact that that thing popped out. In fact, that might even encourage you to go the other side and find out you have one on this arm too. Self-talk, build yourself up. Speak words of life, because we're so quick to speak death. And when that those words come to our mind, what we need to do is we just need to swallow those things. Because they're not helping, they're not building, they're not encouraging. They're pretty demoralizing. Over the last couple of weeks, I've been giving you some homework, and so I, w- I want to continue that. And so, how are you guys doing on your homework? Anybody done their homework? Like, if you haven't been here, you're, you're exempt for the rest of y'all. I believe you're going to do your homework this week. I'm just going to encourage you. I believe that you're going to do your homework this week. You're going to see God do some awesome things in your life. He's going to transform you like never before. I'm going to speak some life into you. I'm not going to dog you like I do most weeks. So, um, So here's the first thing. There's two things I want to give you this week. First thing is this. Is every time you're talking about other people or about yourself, I just want you to do this. I just want you to add a little phrase to the end of that conversation. And that phrase goes, and that's the way I want it. And that's the way I want it. And watch what it'll do. Watch what it'll do in your marriage. Watch what it'll do in your finances. Watch what it'll do in your parenting. Because some of you guys are, are walking around and and you're going, man, I'm so broke right now and we're never going to get out of debt and, and creditors are going to put us under. And that's where you end the conversation. And instead of ending the conversation, you go, and that's the way I want it. But is that really the way you want it? Because a lot of us aren't realizing that we in the words that we're speaking into our own life are our own worst enemy. Instead, you might say, man, I know our credit card debt is pretty high, but we're making some changes, and we're starting to trust God with our finances, and we're getting these things in order, and we know that when we start to trust Him, that He is the provider of everything that we need. And so while we may be broke right now, we're not going to be broke forever, and we're going to be blessed to be a blessing because that's what God has called us to be, and that's the way I want it. That's a whole different statement right there. Some of y'all, when you're talking about your kids, you might be like, man, my kids are so unruly, and they just never obey anything, and I can never take them out in public, and that's the way I want it. And everybody that's experienced your kids out in public is like, amen. Please don't take them out in public. you might say man my kids are struggling with listening but I know this that I'm teaching them the ways of God and the Bible tells me that if I'll train up a child in the way they will go that eventually they're not going to depart from it so right now while I'm pouring God's spirit into them they might have a little bit of earwax there but he is breaking that junk down and they are not going to depart from the things of God and they're going to be Christ followers all the days of their life and that's the way I want it. All of a sudden, man, your life is going to change because you're taking God at his word and speaking his word. And you're speaking life into every circumstance and every situation that you're facing. Second thing I want to encourage you to do is we've been telling you to each week, man, get a word from God. What is your word for this year? We want you to help get clarity as to what God is trying to do in your life. And so... Last week, we asked you to to take that word and that verse that you got the first week. If you haven't gotten that, go home and do it this week. And we said, hey, get a thought off of that. Get a thought. Like, make a thought. Like, get this the thought of your mind. And this week, what I want you to do is I want you to take that thought and make it a statement. And some of you guys are like, well, isn't that the same thing? No, no, no. It's completely different. See, a thought is something you keep in your mind. A statement is something you proclaim with your lips. And so a lot of us have some thoughts in our mind, but we need to start declaring them with our lips. We need to make a declaration of what God is going to do. And we need to start declaring those things because this is what I know. As you start speaking those things in your life, you're going to start believing those things about your life. And that's going to change every way you view your life. Because if you think it, you'll be it. If you say it, you'll see it. So start making some statements. Your statements might be going, man, I'm going to get this spending under control because this spending is not going to control me because God's in complete and total control of my life. Whereas I'm pursuing being healthy this year, the cravings of my life are not going to be, I'm not going to succumb to the cravings of my life. I'm going to succumb to God's power in my life and through him I can overcome anything. Or maybe you're going to look at some relational tension that's in your life and you're going to go, you know what? This is going to be the year that that God is going to bring freedom and forgiveness to those areas. And he's going to bring restoration. Because my God isn't a God of hostility, but my God is a God of peace. And as you do that, man, you'll start believing those things. And here's my prayer for all of us. It's prayer David prayed in Psalms 19, 14. He says, may the words of my mouth... In the meditation of my heart, be pleasing to you, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. My prayer for you is, is that every time you speak, that it would honor God. And that it would honor one another. And that we would continuously remember that, it, just like it says in Zechariah, it's not by might nor by power. It's not going to be by our skills or our abilities or our willpower or our discipline that these changes are going to happen. But it says it's by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. It's going to be by us putting God in the center of everything and saying, God, man, I need you to intercept my thoughts and help me make those obedient to you. And then when I speak, man, help me to be helpful in the things that I'm speaking and not hurtful. And the hurtful things I'm going to swallow, but the helpful things I'm going to speak out and say. And watch God do a transformation in your life. Because the declaration of your lips is determining the destiny of your life. What's the declaration that you need to make today? Maybe it's you need to declare that Jesus is Lord. Maybe you've been looking at God for a while and checking him out. and, and, And God isn't about rules and regulations and religion. He's about a relationship. And he loves you so much that he sent his son 2,000 years ago so that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. But all you have to do is declare him, Lord. Ask him for forgiveness, and he will come and transform you from the inside out. Maybe for others of you, it's going to make a declaration that that God is going to be in control of your finances this year. That you're not going to live and overspend where there's more month than there is money, but you're going to let God be in complete, total control. And I'm going to declare him, Lord, over that area of my life. I don't know what your declaration is, but this is what I know is that all of us need to declare something before God. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. I know it's so easy to not contemplate and think about our words based on the fact that, man, life is just happening so fast around us. But the words that we're speaking have the power of life and death, blessing and curses. And so, God, I just pray today that we would put our trust in you, that we would make a declaration that you're Lord of all of our life, from our thoughts to our words to our actions to our habits. God, that we wouldn't continue to destroy our own life based on the words that we speak, but God, that we would swallow the words that are keeping us from the truth of who you are and what you want to do in our lives. God, and that we would step up and we would declare your words. words that bring truth, they bring life, they bring forgiveness, they bring healing. someone here, maybe that's a declaration to know Jesus in. The words that you need to say right there are pretty simple. It just starts with a prayer and says, God man, I need you. Thanks for sending your son 2,000 years ago so that I could have life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. It's all my shame, all my mess-ups, all my screw-ups, all my pain. Come into my life Change me from the inside out. God, my prayer is, is that we want more of you and less of us. And that as we make a small tweak with our words, they would make a huge difference in our life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.